everybody, and welcome to CADCast number 40. I'm your host, GBD, here in Tokyo, Japan. And of course, your co-host is the fabulous Wombat in New York City. Hey, Fab Wombat, how you doing? Fabulous? What am I? Who am I, Liberace now? <laughs> yes, you, yes, yes, you are. Well, of course, today is a big show for us. It's our Not only is it our 40th episode, but it's also our one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Wombat. Happy anniversary to you. What'd you get me? It's your paper anniversary. Uh, what does that mean? The one-year anniversary is a paper anniversary. Oh, it is? I got you paper. <laughs> Whatever. I got you a newspaper. Way to ruin my anniversary. I think well, gonna, to help... Now I'm going to go cry in the bathroom and call my mother. Okay. Well, just don't slit your wrists and we'll be fine. <laughs> Well, to help celebrate our big anniversary, we have a very special guest joining us today, and that guest is Christopher Grant, managing editor of Joystick.com. Christopher, Hi, you... Nation. welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. You are our first industry guest. We, had, we did have one other guest, the icon Jimmy Mack, but uh, he does not count as an industry. Well, maybe he does. I don't no, he does him. not count. He doesn't count. I like you him, but insult. he doesn't count. <laughs> now, do you prefer Christopher, Chris, Sir Chris a lot? Um, C Mac. Christie. Chris is just fine. Chris, Chris is fine. Okay. This is fine. Now I met. I like Seagra. Seagra. Okay. Well, I actually met uh, Chris this year at E3. For the very first time, we had a we had a fabulous dinner at uh, Denny's. Not Denny. Was it Denny's? It was a it was a Denny's in L.A. Yeah. It was a Denny's in L.A. We had I had dinner with a whole joystick posse. I might add that uh, Cheapy D, not so cheap, picked up the tab. It was pretty Very cheap, nice. I have to say. For it like, wasn't very for, for like ten people, it was like sixty dollars. So <laughs> that that qualify, I've you know I spent more on dinner with me and Mrs. Cheapy quite often. Yeah. So, uh, but I do believe uh, that Chris owes me a, a something. Because I I did a uh, a big favor for you guys. I don't know if you even believe that I'm responsible for this, or that you even that this even qualifies as a big favor. But you remember that uh, Kotaku was sourcing you guys as as AOL joystick for a while, and you noticed <laughs> yeah, that they stopped, indeed. right? Indeed, did did you lay the hurt down on somebody? Well, I I do chat with uh, Brian Ashcraft, who's the Japan guy for. For, uh, Kotaku, and I, I told them, you know, that I thought it was pretty bush league that they constantly did that. I mean, you guys don't refer to yourself as that, and nowhere on your site does it say AOL joystick. And you know, just because you guys were bought by AOL, I mean, I haven't seen any changes in the site at all since Except then. For our, uh, our servers don't go down during keynotes and stuff. <laughs> right, Ooh. right. I'd like to have those changes as well in my site. Um, so I told him I thought it was, you know, it was pretty lame, and you know, he sort of argued with me that, you know, this is sort of part of their personality. But then I noticed, like, a couple of weeks later, it sort of dried up, and that they were sourcing you more, more too. So <clears throat> I, I, I thought it was uh, one of our bloggers, Blake, called them. Gawker Kotaku once, and I thought maybe that did it. But. Oh, really? Well, I told them. I said to the, I that's what I told Ashcraft. I said, look, you know, they, you know, they should just refer to you as, you know, Gawker Kotaku, or you know, how come you source IGN and you don't, you don't call them Fox IGN, or you know, this whole thing was ridiculous. We are a class yeah. act, okay. GP, a class act, Thank you. class <laughs> Thank you. act gamer. That's the new. That's what CAG really stands for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Very nice. Well. 
before we get into it, uh, I thought we would go over some of the feedback from the last show because there was a lot of it. Um, we did talk a little bit about sexism in games sort of towards the end of the show uh, where I basically was complaining about the fact that most female characters have very large breasts in games. Even like the the not not the the uh, tertiary characters in the games, like like the shopkeepers in uh, like the Champions of Norath games and in Oblivion, they all have to have D cups, and I was sort of complaining about that. And uh, Tybee wrote in and he said, "Cheapy, I think your controversial statement actually perfectly encapsulates the whole video game sexism issue. Really, it's not a lack of female protagonists; it's just how they're portrayed, invariably with almost comically large breasts. That's kind of sad." And uh, Gum agrees, or Gunnum agrees, and says, yes, we need more diversity in the cup sizes of female, female game avatars. I love a pair of nice big titties as much as the next guy, but in my opinion, most game artists and 3D modelers aren't able to pull off a good set of cans correctly. If I wanted to look at bad boob jobs, I'd rent a porno. As Chibi said, there's nothing wrong with bees. What do you think about that, Chris? Sexism, sexism in games, large breasts in games. Is that a, is that an issue? Is that a big problem? Yeah, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of that Penny Arcade comic when they redid uh, Prince of Persia two, and they had uh, uh, the girl with her uh, the thong in her ass and uh, a, a, <laughs> you know corset on, and then the guy said he smoldered with generic rage. It's just <laughs> kind of annoying at this point, you know. Right. It gets it's it's numbing. Yeah. It it's is. just you know. It's the same thing over and over again, and and they they make a big deal out of dropping Laura Croft's you know cup size from a D to a C or something. Right, like you can tell she she weighs eighty pounds, but she's got a uh, you know giant C plus breasts. It's sort of interesting because it it almost pulls you out of the experience because you know it's like a slap in the face. Hey, I'm you're playing a video game. This isn't real. You know when when you see every woman in the game has. You know, super cans. Uh, it's like you know, it's like when you watch a movie and you know you hear the phone number is five 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 something. You yeah, know. I mean, it's also uh, at GDC this year. Uh, Robin Hunicki, who's a game designer for Maxis, um, gave a rant, a little pre-rant at the uh, Game Developers Ramp, and it was about all of the <clears throat> all of the 3D models that they had um, lined up in the hallway. They had like 3D art competition, and 99 percent of them were scantily clad women with huge boobs and lots of cleavage. Yeah. You know, it has nothing to do with video games, but here it is at the Game Developers Conference where they're where they're trying to recruit developers to make games, and that's the image that they're showing. Yeah. And um, I, I do think it's repetitive, and I think it's you know turn off, and I think it's it's um it's puerile in a lot of ways. You know, it kind of reinforces this idea that video games are for little boys. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, maybe this is something that's been picked up from Japan because. Every incarnation say, of a woman I mean, is do you think, giant cans. Do you think there's a place for the big boob game? Do you think DOA should always have the big boobs? But just because DOA has it, we don't need to see it in other games. Should, yeah, but should that's DOA a, that's get rid of it? I think. Is that the that's no, what I'm asking? No, Are there because exceptions? DOA that's that's their thing. That's their calling card is the bouncy breasts. And when you play that type of you when you buy that game, you're buying it because for the most part, you're gonna see pretty women with, with giant cans and they're gonna move around a lot. So we're not so saying case, no okay. we're not saying no to giant cans. We're just saying giant cans where they belong. Exactly. <laughs> they don't need to be everywhere. That... Only in my mouth. I mean uh in DOA. Wah, wah. <laughs> Just wanted okay. to make sure we were all on the same page. Does that mean we okay. have we have we milked this topic to death? Yes. That was a pun, by the way. 
<laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Thank we'll you. move on to uh, some more feedback from the last show. The, I guess one of the biggest stories of the year so far has got to be the E3 quote-unquote cancellation, downsizing, I don't know what you want to call it. But there was a lot of heated discussion on the campus. Yeah, I caused controversy. That. It was you. It was all you. Because it was all you, me. What I was know. your statement? What did you say? Well, what I said, and it was taken the wrong way, was that E3 should be seen as a business trip and not as a vacation. That okay. you shouldn't and, be going to E3 in the first place to have a good time. And I, okay. and I still stand by that. It's not a place to go to go as it's not like a weekend trip to Vegas with the guys. This right. should be something that you're going if you're going as a journalist to do a job. People took that as me saying, and a handful of people, you have the quotes here, you can go into it in a second, yeah. took it as me saying that I thought playing games shouldn't be fun for people if that's their job. That's not okay. what I meant. What I meant was, me, you, yeah. you go ahead and read if you want. Go ahead. Do you want to read or something? Okay. I'm going to read, and then we'll, we'll get uh, your comments and Chris's comments. Frisky Tanuki says, I'm surprised Wombat said nobody should be having fun at E3. So nobody should have any fun at all when playing games? Sure, it's a draining experience overall, but there's plenty of fun to be had that makes it completely worth it to go. You can and should have fun while working. Nobody ever said you can't or shouldn't enjoy your job at all. If game journalists can't enjoy their jobs, they shouldn't have the job at all. Sorry for going on a rant, but it was kind of a stupid, stupid statement to me, to me. But Tybee agrees with you, and he says, As someone who had to cover E3 three times, I can see Wombat's point. It was very difficult to do my job when I, had, when I was there because the place was choked with kids and scores of people who frankly had no business being there. And in many ways, E3 had really gotten to a point where it was catering more to those folks than to the journalists, publishers, etc., that the show is ostensibly for. Well, and like I said, it's not that you shouldn't have fun playing games. That's not what I meant. What I meant was you shouldn't go into this looking at it as a pleasure trip. E3 right. isn't your vacation. E3 should only be open to people who are there to do a job in the video game industry. Now, the joystick guys looked like they were having a pretty fun time there, but I know that they were working very hard. I mean, you guys... No, I heard they were a bunch of drunks. Well, I don't know. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> but, that is very true. Yeah. But those, but but they posted a ton of stuff from the from the show. Yeah, I mean E three, you know, we were putting up about a hundred posts a day. Um, That's you know, a there's lot. posts every fifteen minutes for about five days. Um, so yeah, we worked a lot. Uh, didn't sleep much. Saw just about everything we could see. Still didn't cover all of it. But the reality of E three is that even then, I mean, the the situation that they've created. I couldn't think of a worse possible place to get some hands-on time for a game. I yeah. mean, you're trying to enjoy a game like Fear on 360, see how it feels. You have 50 people around you. You can't hear a thing. People are bumping into you. You know, it, it's, a, it's a horrible place to play a video game. You feel guilty because you, you're, like, hogging the machine and there's so many people waiting to play. I mean, it's, it's hard to get any quality time in that way. I mean, you, you make appointments, you can, you can get, something, you get more done. But, you know, the show is supposed to be, it's an industry show. I mean, it's billed as an industry show. It's not open, they say it's not open to the public, but walking the floor, clearly that is not the case. I mean, you see, you know, a lot of people, it's so easy to get in. I mean, you know that, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. Is, is it an industry show or is it not? They, they really needed to make up their mind and that was something they were not able to do. And that goes right well, back the, to my point. That it's I mean, part of the industry yeah, problem. 
Go, go ahead. Uh, part, <laughs> part of the industry problem is um is 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 they allow retail employees, and, and the whole idea behind E three and, and trade shows like it, uh, the retail trade shows was to allow stores before we only had two video game stores, now one, um, <laughs> to get a sense of of what games are on the market. Uh, what's going to be coming out, what they want to order, etc. But now you can download demos, you can download videos off the internet. I mean, things just move so much quicker that the internet, blogs, video sites have all kind of obviated the entire need for a trade show like E3. Right, it and, it's and not it was necessary. It was really for the the purchasers uh, that work in retail, not the the guy, the people, the uh, clerks. Not, yeah, not not the salespeople. Yeah. Right, and these people, you know, chances are they're not going to be working in those stores in the next six months. I mean, these are, you know temporary jobs for most of these people. So, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, and then the, the best part, and I, I made a statement that I, you know, I was pretty sure I'd be able to get in next year, or at least I was, you know, being optimistic, but I got an email from someone who disagreed. Uh, Flashdash sent me an email, and he said, dude, your bald ass ain't getting into E3 anymore. Be prepared for the rejection. You need to look around a bit and do some research about who these shows will be run for. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was really nice. I felt really good about myself. I can't believe my my mom was finally using email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least they sent it to me via email and didn't post it on the forums. Oh, it's actually, I don't know which is worse. I mean, the reality though is that uh, part of the decision to to downsize it or cancel it, however you want to look at it, is um was to keep out people like you. It was to keep out smaller journalists and blogs, groups that they couldn't contain and control mm. the flow of information. So the whole idea is that you have these PR people. And you have companies that are carefully trying to manage information, um, and if they have specific meetings set up, they can do that much easier when they know exactly who's coming in, what outlet they work for, and they control everything. Right. And games playable on a show floor by anybody with a blog. Right, that's true. That's tr that's a good point. Uh, it was I, I actually spoke to somebody who works for a major publisher, and I'll, I'll keep his identity a secret. But he was we we were talking about you know, why the show why this happened. And he was saying that part of the reason, well, it's sort of been happening for a, for a while, it's been heading towards this, but some, the straw that might have broke the camel's back was uh, the Nintendo situation this year at the show uh, with the whole Wii line and how that sort of became the story of the show. That, you know, four-hour, five-hour Wii line, because of, you know, the people, the people who waited on that line were mostly... You know, the people who work at EB or GameStop and how that sort of detracted. It stole the thunder from, you know, all these other companies that spent a fortune on booths and, you know, setting up the show, which I thought was an interesting, an interesting point, and, you know, I could sort of see that happening. Yeah, I've heard the same scapegoat a couple times, that it was the Wii line. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we've been pretty blunt about the, the Wii line at Joystick um, in that, you know, it was, it, to a degree, it was fabricated. I mean... You know, they could have made some kind of system involving reservations by time. You know, you get a ticket, come back in four hours. Mm -hmm. But Nintendo was actually hyping the length of the line. They would come and tell us, you know, oh, did you see how long the line was today? A great story. Yeah. It's a great story. Why don't you guys post that? You know, because it's wrapped around the room ten times over. I mentioned it on uh, my Bloomberg appearance. That was I mean, the, that yeah. was the story that, of the show. That it was. was the story. So without with the new E3, they won't have their stories like that just won't exist anymore. Right, and then people's feelings won't be hurt, and they won't feel that they wasted millions of dollars on a Scarface uh, house replica for nothing. Well, they should. Well, the other have thing you have to look at is done that anyway. The, the, the other thing you have to look at is that Sony's performance. You know, they got so much flack for it because they flubbed the keynote. 
So the way Sony's looking at it is, you know, we flubbed a keynote, big deal. You know, we're going to deal with all this flack afterwards because of that. Right. Um, you know, but I think a lot of sure them did. just... Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of them just don't really see a, a big payoff anymore. They're not getting the kind of return that they expect. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. It's hard to blame them. I'm a little sad, but, you know, what are you going to do? We'll see how it goes next year. Hopefully Flash Dash is not right. <laughs> well, there's always, digi- there's always the Digital Life Convention for you. That sucks, though. I know. That was my joke. That was why it was a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One other topic <laughs> for the uh, for the opening before we uh, get into the new releases. Uh, something that Wombat you wanted to talk about. You wanted this topic added to the show. Well, I thought we were uh, adding a whole new section of the show. Well, this may be a, this may be the start of a whole new section of the show, depending on how it goes. And that the name of that section is Angry Wombat. Angry Wombat. And what does Angry Wombat want to talk about this week? Today we're going to talk about, because we have a special guest who has mentioned this on his website before on Joystick, I've seen more than one article about the state of video game journalism, or even as they've put it on many times, why video game journalism sucks. Okay. And I've thought about this, you know, this morning. (laughs) Right, five minutes ago. And this is why I'm angry at video game journalists today. And by today, I don't mean in this time this period of time, I mean right now. And and this is the reason why. As I'm reading reviews, and I know this is going to be part of new releases, but I was reading the reviews for Dead Rising. Hey, can I stop you for a second? Sure. Do you have some sort of fan on or something? No. (laughs) I hear some high-pitched noise. I know, I I think it's just the connection. No, I heard it last week too, actually. I'll still blame it on the connection. All right. Yes. I'll try to filter it out later. Okay. Post-production. There you go. Go okay. ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Thank you. I read the reviews for Dead Rising, and every review I read, and it was you know mentioned it's not a secret, the, the basis gripe about the game was the really crappy, and I can attest to it because I own the game, save feature, the, fr- the unnecessarily frustrating save feature in the game. Okay. And how, how big a pain in the ass it is. Now, this is the difference between what makes someone a journalist and what makes someone a reviewer? Okay. Would you call, you know, Roger Ebert a journalist, or is he just a film critic? He's a journalist because he writes articles too. He does. He, so what he writes articles? He doesn't write articles. He, he writes film reviews. Okay. Uh, was that the wrong answer? Sorry. That's the wrong answer. He's just a critic, <laughs> and most people who consider themselves game journalists, yeah, either are just telling, reporting on press releases. Or reviewing video games. And yet, not okay. one of these so-called game journalists, why not try and find the people who made the game at Capcom and find out why they decided to go with this crappy save feature? <laughs> that's what a journalist would do. And that's why... want to f- phrase that differently to, uh, to get the interview. Well, I'm not saying I would be the one to do it, <laughs> but there are people out there who consider themselves game journalists for a living that are doing no journalism. And they have the access required. And they have the story. access. Uh, it, it was almost done with Shu. I mean, there was the famous interview with him and Peter, uh, and Peter Moore where he complained about how much Cameo sucks. But the reason why that interview f- inherently fails is because what say does Peter Moore have in the making of that game? Right. If you have a problem with something in the game, go to the people who made it. Make them accountable. Be a, be a hard-hitting game journalist. And there are none, and there needs to be one. I would love to know Capcom's reasoning, the folks who made Dead Rising, the developers, the production crew, on why they thought this save feature was a good idea. 
It took me, what did I have to do? It took me three days of combing the EA message boards to find out why the new version of NCAA on the 360 doesn't have the features. That are in the uh, current yeah, generation. Yeah, and, and not one website posted a reason why, you know, had a re in their reviews. In your review or afterwards, tell me why. Don't go just say, they have this and it sucks. If you're a responsible journalist and you're playing a game and you want to be a responsible game journalist and you're playing something and it sucks, go to the source and find out why. This save system sucks. So I, and, our, and reviewers even said this. I don't know what they were thinking when they put this in the game. Find out. You're a game journalist. You have access to these people. You're not me. You're not some guy sitting on his couch playing the game going, man, this save system sucks. I wonder what they were thinking. And I don't have access. You have the access. Be responsible journalists. You have the term journalist in your name, in your job wow. description. So uh, either you do question? it or you don't. What? Are you sweating right now? A little bit. But I can't turn my air on. <laughs> and my dog's yelling at me, too. All right, Chris, what what do you think about that? Well, uh, first, I wanna I wanna applaud you for for making the distinguishment between journalist and critic. Uh, there tends to be a conflation between the two, which is really frustrating. Um, but that said, if you look at what a critic does and what a critic's job is, uh, number one, I don't think a lot of video game critics really achieve that kind of level of criticism. You know, there's a reason that Roger Ebert won the Pulitzer Prize for criticism in the 70s, and yes. a video game writer hasn't yet. But, but he's the peak um, of that. He but, you know, everybody says the, the, it's the Lester Bangs question, you know. But the question is, is um, you know, why don't the reviewers ask that stuff? Um, mostly because a lot of times the, the companies aren't going to be willing to answer it. You know, the, the barrier to talk to developers a lot of times is really high. Some companies are completely quiet. You know, you can't get them on the phone. You can't talk to them. Other times it gets vetted through PR, and they'll say, well, what question do you have? Well, we don't want to answer that question, you know. Um, so I think there are barriers to, to getting that sort of thing answered. Um, and so I think a lot of times what a critic would do is similar to what a movie critic would do. You know, the, the ending is really bad. The critic doesn't have to necessarily get a hold of the director and say, you know, why did you have the ending, you know, why is it all a dream at the end? You know, they just say they like it or don't and leave it at that. But, yeah, interesting. Sometimes they do do that, though. You know, I mean, you'll see you'll see the directors be get interviewed uh, in some some places. Maybe not maybe not in the in the review of the movie, but yeah, yeah. elsewhere, outside of the body of the review. And I think outside, game yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a huge thing, but I think it does happen that that they will track down developers and ask them certain questions. You know, why did you do this on this game? Especially if the game's been out for a little while and. And people are more willing to talk about it in um, in hindsight, depending on how it did or how it was received. It's rarely, if ever, done, and it's something I think there needs to be. If we want, if game journalists and they want to still consider themselves journalists and they want to take it to the next level, then they have to hold the developers of these games accountable for the product they put out in a market of its size. Wow. All right. Fair enough. Good points. Good points all around. I think we'll on this we'll segue to the new releases and talk about Dead Rising. So but I'm still mad. So you can be, that that's okay because we're going to talk about Dead Rising yes, and now are. you can you can uh, be mad. I can continue be. to be mad and sweat. <laughs> this is the really the only major release this week. Yeah, uh, well, you know why? It's a pretty weak lineup. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? I mean, I played the demo. I enjoyed. I, I have to admit, I went through the demo. Many, many, many times, much to Mrs. Mrs. Cheapy's chagrin, she was getting pretty sick of it. 
but I had a blast with the demo. Of course, I didn't encounter the save system that you speak of, but uh, you know, it, it seemed like a really fun game to me. There are two problems with the game. Problem okay. one is the save system, which is so frustrating. You know, I didn't even get a chance to get to a save point to save my game. You know, we spoke right before we did the show. I was playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I probably lost about a good 15 minutes worth of progress just because I couldn't get to a point in time. You know, it, it would have taken too long to get to a save point where in a game that has a very pick up and play, play for like an hour feel. Right. You can't. It does feel arcadey. It sort of feels like um, state of emergency. You but know, they, where they try to. They took that out by adding. They also added a time limit, like like Pikmin, where if you don't complete the game within X number of hours, then you automatically get the bad ending. Right, but then you can don't you unlock some sort of free free play mode or something? I I guess yeah, but still, it's not. Why do I have to unlock the mode I want? Why not just make it so I can save whenever I want and take off the time limit and change it from a game that, as most critics put it, around an 8 and make it a 9? Uh, it must have been a reason. I guess uh, maybe we'll never know. Chris, did you have a chance to play this? Yeah, yeah, I played the demo a little bit. I haven't picked it up yet. Hopefully this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just thinking, you know, all, all this talk about the save system, which I haven't experienced either, it's so funny to me because Capcom made another zombie game that had an absolutely atrocious save system uh, being Resident Evil, where you needed to use the ink cartridges and you can only do it in certain typewriters. And I remember getting later in the game and going for hours without finding an ink cartridge or having any left. And I would just pause it for a day, you know, until you could get further. And it was so frustrating. It, it, and it, you know, it, yeah, it's, and it's almost like a shortcut. It's how do I make this game more tense? Make it difficult yeah. to save. That, that'll add tension. It just seems like saving at this point, you know, it's like when you get a portable game and you can't save it anywhere. You know, there's certain things about saving that should just be uh, uniform you know, rules almost. by now, uniform, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're not. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, I can understand in certain situations it might add to the gameplay experience, but in this one it just seems like it's adding to frustration. It does, and it, it's the only frustration with the game. I mean, yeah, sometimes the zombies can be a little cheap. You know, you walk out of a door and there's like seven zombies there. And you didn't see them, and all of a sudden they attack you, and it's kind of a pain in that the ass. That happens in real life. But that exactly, but that happens in real life, so I can understand <laughs> it. But if right. I was, if I had saved, say right before, then I wouldn't care. Yeah. But if I'm gonna lose an hour's worth of progress because I was cheap shotted by a zombie, right? It's unnecessary frustration. But other than that, I mean, you're still having fun with the game? It, you, that's, you recommend well, that's the game? what I, I do, but not right now. I say wait for it to drop in price, maybe rent it Whoa. right now. The, and it, it's, the problem is is that it could have been such a great game, and you play it, and you see the great game inside. Could have been so beautiful. But there's a few, a few flaws that, and could it's not even so flaws right. in the game. It's, game. it's flaws that didn't need to be there. Right. And that's Fair what enough. makes well, me angry. Well, mine is on the way from Play Asia, and that's so why I recommend picking up Pony Love for the PC instead. <laughs> Pony Love, yes, yes, uh, very nice. Well, another release this week is Pac-Man for the Xbox Live Arcade for the 360. Who's paying five bucks for this? I don't. Not me. I downloaded the demo. The Chris, trial. did you? I downloaded the demo. I'm not going to pay five bucks for it. I played Pac-Man more than enough of my life to pay for another chance to do so. I was thinking of, well, two things. 
Well, first of all, I downloaded the demo, and I had this weird glitch happen where I actually, my Pac-Man went through two ghosts while I was playing. Oh, that's Just funny. Right, right through them, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but I was thinking of how they could have made this a must-buy, and it would have been pretty easy for them to do so. Well, the game already exists, the must-buy game. Pac-Man Versus mean? for the GameCube was a great game. That's what I'm saying. Why not put that in with the Xbox Live multiplayer where, you know, your friends can control the ghosts? That would be a great time. That would be a hoot. That would have been one thing they could have done. The other thing is why not put together, like, a Pac-Man collection? You could, they could have even charged more for it. You put in, like, you know, five Pac-Man games or whatever. And even if, you know, people don't, aren't that excited about the other ones, it at least seems like a better value, even if they're charging a little more money for it. You know, you throw yeah. in Miss Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man. I mean, you give us a little more meat there, maybe maybe we'll bite. But $5 for Pac-Man? I don't even think Billy Mitchell would pay for that. Probably not. I don't know. It seems it seems like a like a stretch. And we did have a, a poll up on CAG, and most people said that they weren't interested. I don't have it in front of me, but anyway. I think Pac-Man's going to be popular with the gamers' wives, you know? Uh not, yeah. when, not when you have if you, not if you have Hexic for free. Mrs. Wombat is not interested. Not interested. She'd much rather play Hexic. Yeah, Mrs. Chibi's not interested either. Or Probably. cloning or the co-op in Cloning Clyde. I can get Mrs. Wombat involved in that. Nice. Yeah. Well, any other new releases you want to talk about? I mean, this is like a real sorry lot here. No, I did. Low uh, <laughs> worm for the PC. I did pick up Cameo for twenty bucks. Oh, you did? I did. I picked up Cameo for 20 Bones. And you know what? That game is very well worth the $20. I've, it's not very long, but I finished That's not it. a universal price drop. I think it's, it's 30 Yeah, I, th bucks. I think it's yeah. 30 It's You know what? It's probably worth the 30 with the co-op oh. mode because that's a free download, the co-op. You play it uh, online or Yeah, you play, play, play co-op online. Hmm. And I you know, I beat the game on solo, and I had a good time. Wasn't that supposed to be for me, that copy? Yeah, that but I decided to play it myself. It's great. Yeah, I'm a good friend. Well, it's still very expensive here. I know that sucks. Okay, now it's time for a very uh, special surprise. I got I put together a little game for our for our guest, uh, and the name of the game is Joystick or Kotaku. <laughs> are, are you ready for this? I pulled ten headlines from uh, five from Joystick, five from Kotaku. I'm gonna read them off to you, and you're gonna tell me whether they're from Joystick or Kotaku. All right. Pretty simple. But let's see how I, I did the smart thing, and I didn't pull any that you wrote. So I don't think it's going to be that easy. But we'll see how you do. All right. Number one, is the DS Lite a good thing? Joystick or Kotaku? Here's the thing. I mean, I've read all of Joystick, obviously, but I don't read Kotaku religiously, so I don't recognize that, so I'd have to say Kotaku. Very good. Ding, ding, 29, ding. 29 no-nos for gamers over age 30 don't recognize it, so I'll say, no, wait, I think that might be a really old one from Joystick. What time frame are we talking about here? Um, do, 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 12 months. Do, 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 yeah, I think that is Joystick. You are correct. Ding, that, was ding, ding. By that was written by Vlad. Mm -hmm. Hey, booth babes are people too. Hmm. I'm saying that's Kotaku. Very good. The password is... <laughs> <laughs> the truth about getting down or couples multiplayer. I'm saying that's Kotaku also. Ooh, that's Ooh, a joystick wrong. one. Okay. <laughs> <Only> one... 
parent prefers kid dabbling in coke over playing video games. Uh, I'm going to say Kotaku on that. I don't recognize it. Joystick. Joystick. <laughs> yep. Would you dump your wife for an online romance? Uh, that's Joystick. Yes. Hello Kitty kicks arcade ass. Hmm. Hmm. I'll say Kotaku. Very good. Where did all the good game mags go? Hmm. I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that's Kotaku. Very good. Reggie Philomy versus Chuck Norris. Hmm. Oh, the Chuck Norris meme's a little old. I can barely remember it. <laughs> um, you said five and five. I should have been keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> I probably okay. Just to, there's uh, no pressure. This is all for good, good, for good, wholesome fun. Do I win a, a prize or something? Um, you'll get a prize regardless. Right. You get a Just signed autographed eight by ten of GBD. Right. <laughs> some prize. Some prize. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna say joystick. Just statistic. Very good. All right. And the last but not least, has Microsoft Japan given up? Hmm. I don't think they have, obviously. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I don't know how many we did. I'm going to say joystick. No, you got the last one wrong. So oh. you went 7 for 10. That's pretty good. Not bad. That's not bad. I tried, to, I, you know, I tried to make them make it so it would be difficult, you know, so they could go either way. You, so yeah, you, you, done the last... you still what was win that? Done... the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you were done the last month, I would have gotten them all. Well, obviously. Yeah. That's why I didn't choose those. You still win the 8x10, but you don't get the lifetime supply of Abrams brand head wax. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. All right, on to some deal and video game shopping news. Uh, There's a bunch of good deals over at Amazon right now. Uh, Psychonauts for 10 bucks for the PS2, which I just picked up uh, here in in, uh, Akihabara. Have you played uh, Psychonauts, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Did Uh, you like it? Yeah, great game. You, um, I, I'm having a little trouble getting into it. The loading times are, are, are kind of brutal for the at least the PS2 version. I don't know if it's any better for the Xbox. That you have no yeah, sense of humor. A, I played on Xbox. I don't remember loading times, but it could yeah. be because of hard drive and business. But I mean, it was a it was a good platformer. It was fun, but you know, the thing I I like I think what most people like most about it was you know the characters and the writing. It was really yeah. Cool. It is. It's got a great sense of humor. The jokes are the jokes are are good, which is rare for a yeah. video game. Very, it's very rare when you see a video game that that tries to be funny and succeeds. The mailman level still. I smile thinking about it. Mm. No, see, I haven't even gotten. Oh, that that's yet. a good one. The milkman, milkman, or ma- milkman level. That's a good one. Yeah. So there's a bunch of other uh, cheap cheapies there. You can check out on Amazon. Uh, they also have. Uh, Play Asia has got a deal. Twenty bucks shipped for the Asian uh, PSP version of IQ Mania. So if you're into uh, Intelligent Cube, which is a pretty popular puzzle game, which is pretty rare as well, you can get this compilation and it's region free for the PSP and you get basically all the versions of Intelligent Cube in one portable uh, format. So that's not pretty interesting. And uh, what else? You got Ridge Racer is now down for 20 bucks. Ridge for the, for the Xbox Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, so that's 20 bucks everywhere now. It's a universal price shop. So, and that is yeah. also the first 360 game to hit twenty bucks universally, universally. Yeah. yeah. So that's and that a, has that's Pac-Man in itself. That has oh, Pac-Man. right. That's right. 
So you can also can't you also get the uh, price grabber rebate? You no, it's it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Let's say you it's can limited, still use yeah. your uh, gamer gift card. Get it for fifteen bucks. Unlock Pac Man. That's a that's already that's you know you're getting a five dollar value. value right there. That is value right there. Okay, on to the news blast. Uh, first story up: uh, <laughs> Activision pays a hundred million for Red Octane. We knew that Activision had bought them, but now it's just been revealed how much they've paid. Uh, and that deal was done uh, about $30 million in cash and $70 million in Activision stock. But there's also a $50 million stock bonus that, they, that the Red Octane uh, higher-ups can get if certain unrevealed performance goals are met. So what do you think, Chris? Good deal for Activision? Will they fuck it up somehow? Uh, $100 million sounds like an awful lot of money. For one game, what breaks down to one game, you know, I, I, I just can't imagine how that's working out for them, um, financially speaking. I mean, all these companies are worried about losing money. I'm pretty sure Activision's lost a lot of money recently with the console transition and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So hey, more power to them. I, mean, I think it's a great game, and I, I love seeing games like that given more exposure. And and uh, but 100 million dollars seems a little steep. I think what they're doing, what they're thinking of, is that you know with with the 360 and you know the PS3 coming soon, that you know downloadable song packs are are not that far away, and that big money can be made in that space. You know they've already, you know Activision had announced that they've made a million dollars just from the maps from Call of Duty. So maybe they're thinking that this is a, a decent investment. Do you think that they'll screw, screw up the game somehow, or do you think? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, they bought Red Octane. The flow. They bought Red Octane, the publisher of Guitar Hero, but Guitar That's Hero right. is still being developed by, by Harmonix. So I have, a, I don't have any doubt that Harmonix is going to deliver a killer sequel. Um, right. You know, I played it at E3. I played it again at uh, Video Games Live here in Philly. Uh, and it's it's shaping up to be great. I mean, if they were to add downloadable songs and stuff to it, it would be really um, a huge thing. Yeah, what we really need is a wireless guitar and downloadable songs. Because I've I've pulled the guitar, I pulled my PS2 uh, off its resting place a few times now. There's actually a hack you can do. We posted it on Joystick a couple months back. You can take a wireless controller and hack it all apart. And I'm jam retarded. It in there. There's no okay. chance I'll get that to work. Uh, Fair enough. I will probably burn myself. The last time I picked up a soldering iron, I think I did burn myself, actually. Is that how so, you lost your hair? No. I didn't burn my head. I burned my finger. <laughs> Next story up, uh, Xbox Modder on lockdown. If you remember, several months ago we, we uh, talked about these uh, this store in L.A. that was modding Xbox Xbox consoles and you know putting games, installing games on them and selling them for between 225 and 500 bucks. Well, these guys, I guess, were finally sentenced. And uh, they were sentenced to six months of home detention. With uh, They were fined, first of all, but also they got to wear that ankle bracelet. And they got to stay, stay at home and play video games. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, not really the worst punishment for a... No, they got yeah. off kind of easy. Yeah, no fine? It was a fine, but it was only like two grand, I think. That's it? I, I think so. They could sell love uh, uh, four Xboxes and make that back. It was two thousand six hundred forty-eight. But uh, one of the guys, there were three guys involved in this, and one of the guys is still on the lamb. I think he's a he's a fugitive of justice. He's a fugitive <laughs> of the law. Of the law. I mean, if I was that guy, I would just take my uh, 
my my fine and my home detention. You know, he's probably living on a commune with the Gizmondo guys and the Phantom. <laughs> right. He'll probably uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was sort of interesting. Uh, another interesting story. Uh, a, a clinical psychologist says that he believes, or she believes, 40% of World of Warcraft players are addicted to the game. She found this out by playing World of Warcraft nonstop. My guess that number is probably low. <laughs> you think so? I've never, you know, I've never played World of Warcraft. I haven't either, but uh, I was talking to Defender. You know Defender, right? Yes, I do. And he was telling me that his wife does not play video games at all. He's been trying to get her into games for a very, very long time. Um, but this was the game that did it for her, and now she's hooked. What about you, Chris? Do you play the WoW? No, I don't. I, I purposefully try and avoid it to to keep my time intact. Me what, too. I know. What that, makes I mean, it so addicting? Well, here's what the doc the, the doctor says. Yeah, you know, in, in the interview, this was oh, I don't even remember what website I got this from. I forget. Uh, but which one was it? Twitch Guru was the Twitch Guru. The good man. Good man. So the, the interviewer says, a lot of comparisons have been made between video game addiction and gambling addiction. Addiction Are the two similar? And the doctor says they're pretty much the same. They have many of the same symptoms, neglecting work uh, and severing personal relationships, for example. People get the same type of excitement from gambling and playing video games. It's called variable ratio reinforcement, which basically means that you keep playing or gambling and failing until you reach your intended goal. But once you reach that goal, you still keep playing. So, yeah, I mean, I used to play, now this is going to really date myself, but on when CompuServe <laughs> first came out, they had like these sort of text-based massively multiplayer online games. And I used to really, I was totally hooked on those. And I, I can't even remember the, the name of the game, but it was like a space game where you could like upgrade your ship and you had to take over like different planets. But I, and CompuServe back then used to charge you based on how much time you played. It wasn't like a set fee. And I remember, you know, I was just a kid and my dad got the bill for that and he flipped out. And that was the last time <laughs> that I played that game or went on CompuServe. But uh, yeah, that's why I don't play World of Warcraft. I know it was uh, it would be a nightmare. All right, on to the hype wagon. Hype wagon. A lot of, requ lot of requests for the hype wagon. There were, there were a lot of requests to hear Chris's opinion. I think there's uh, only a lot of requests for it because you hate it so much. I don't hate it. I just I I don't know. Chris, the hype wagon is where we we each choose a game that is. Uh, has not been released yet, but that we're excited about, even though we really don't know that much about it. We've 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 bought into the hype, so to speak. But I'll, all right, let's have Wombat go first. We'll give you some time to think about it. Oh, great! I haven't thought about it at all. Um, you well, you know, I, I, I no, okay, you go first. Let me think about it. It's you know, I was thinking about about this, and I I noticed that we were all, at least myself, were you know, I was always picking Xbox 360 games. And I was thinking, like, you know, what PS3 game can I choose? Or what Wii game can I choose? And, you know, I really couldn't come up with anything. I mean, look at the PS3, you know, what do we know about what games are coming down the pipeline in the, in the near future? We really don't know anything about any of them. I mean, I played, you know, Heavenly Sword and, and Genji, and <laughs> I've done the Massive Crab, uh, Massive Damage thing. But it was re it's really hard to pick something from from the PS3. So once again, I am going to go back 
and choose something for the 360, and I'm going to choose Gears of War. And I had a chance to play that at E3. Uh, if the online component is killer, if it is in the realm of Halo, you know, with how the matchmaking is set up, this game looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it has a very different feel from Halo, where Halo is very is a very quick game. This game has a totally different atmosphere and and a very you know the guys move a lot slower, but it doesn't feel like that's going to hurt the game at all. I don't know if I've explained that well, but probably not. But I'm very much looking forward to Gears of War. Uh, you know the atmosphere is 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 pretty pretty impressive. And it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun with like the curb stomping and uh, just a different feel for a it's a you know it's a, and it's a third person shooter as opposed to your you know your your first person. Are you game. still talking about Gears of War? I'm giving you a chance to think of your game. I mean, really? All right, go. <laughs> Jeez, Angry Wombat has not subsided since this segment is no, ended. not even a little. Um, let's see. I am probably gonna go with this week. I'm gonna go with the uh, Lego Star Wars two, the original trilogy. I still really, oh, very nice. yeah, I, I'm a, I'm really looking forward to that. And that see, that's multi-platform, so there's no bias. Although I'll probably pick up the 360 version just because I'm an achievement whore. But which we've just discovered is fifty dollars, which which is fine, especially because I know Mrs. Wombat will play it with me, and it's mm -hmm. always good to get a game that we can play together. So it's gonna have online co-op, I'm assuming. Probably, but I don't know better. that for sure yet. Freaking better. So. <laughs> Or else. Or else. I just want to play as Chewbacca in Han Solo. So, yeah. Right? yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Chris, you got something for us? All right. A game whose hype I'm buying into. Yes. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Assassin's Creed. Ah, good choice. Um, you know, we don't know much about it except for the dev team that's making it. And, uh, you know, basically what it looks like. And there's a couple videos. And most of them are all CGI. Um, but even just based on that, just the look of it and the idea of it, and uh, and some of the things I've read about the, the play control, um, it sounds really totally cool. Yeah. Did you get to see it behind closed doors at E3? I did not. No. I didn't either. That yeah. was that was the one game that I was I was bummed about not getting to. Yeah, it does look cool, but we think that's going to be on uh, Xbox 360 as well as PS3 at this point. Uh, there's this strange mystery that keeps. Coming <laughs> I don't know why. Thing. It's so weird bizarre and it basically just comes down to I think there's a chance that it's going to be a PS3 exclusive, at least what they call timed exclusive. Right. Um, and I just don't think that the decision is final yet so they haven't really said anything on the record as far as there being a 360 version but uh, there's been sites that have run 360 previews of the game. I think uh, CVG Computer and Video Games mm -hmm. ran a 360 preview of the game and, yep. and they've mentioned it. It showed up on the 360, uh, Ubisoft's leaked 360 release list and stuff. Uh -huh. and Wasn't there a rumor so that, it, the, that the version playing at, e, at E3 was really the 360 version? I think it was It was a PC running wired uh, uh, 360 controller. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. Good pick. Nicely done. <laughs> but if, it, if it was bad, would you have told him? Yes. Barbie Horse Adventure 3. Get off right. my show. Backwards compatible. <laughs> um, on to the CAG bag. Now, this is a special CAG bag because I've also I've solicited some questions specifically for Chris as well as our usual assortment of, of questions. These are all from the CAG community submitted through our message boards. Okay. Gunnam asks, 
How do you keep a daily, daily blog fresh given all the competition out there? Sometimes it seems like days where there's nothing to report and posts end up being a lot of non-news filler or else a hot topic becomes quickly beaten to death. Also, I notice some of the top blogs seem to try overly hard to infuse each, every post with some witticism or attempt at, at attitude, humor, or both. Is there any pressure as a writer to try and sound smarter or be more clever than the audience? Hmm. I'm going to have to give you, uh, have you give this to me in order. But So first one, um, how do you keep up on a daily blog? Uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, we have a lot of writers. We're constantly scouring the web. We're how many writers do you readers. guys have now? Uh, right now, we just added a new writer today, um, Kyle Orland. I from saw that. UK he's Media Watch. Yeah, he's a sort of a famous guy. Yeah, yeah. At least in the blogging community. Yeah, that um, was a big score for you guys. I guess my invitation, board. phone call, and email was lost. <laughs> All three were lost. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> How do you lose a phone call? It happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right now we have, I think, with him we have about eight or nine mm -hmm. writers. Um, and so it's a combination of, yeah, coordinating, keeping up on things, following tips, following stories, going through RSS feeds. Um, and as far as, you know, sl slow news days, which is, um, you know, anathema to our ears. But uh, This week has that, been pretty slow, it looks like. Yeah, but one of the things that we do is, is you know, we're a blog. So posting about somebody's tattoo is no different to us than posting about, um, you know, a press release announcement, which is what people would consider, quote, news. Right, on like um, a big site like Games, GameSpot. Yeah, or... I mean, we're not in the industry of reposting, you know, press releases every five seconds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just posted a video and commentary on Jack Thompson being on G4 TV. Is that, quote, news? You know, eh, maybe, I guess, a little bit. Um, you know, but we'll post interviews, pictures, you know, gaming-related artwork, a book review, a movie coming out, a trailer for something. You know, it's all... It's all in the smorgasbord of, of um, what we put on a blog. You have a big pool to draw on, is what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. So every once in a while, some, somebody doesn't get exactly what they want. There might be a dearth of game-related announcements. So there's no games being announced. There's nothing about the Wii being announced. So they get all grumpy that it's slow news week. And it's like, well, there's a ton of other stuff going on. There's a lot of cultural things going on, you know. Right. So we don't distinguish one from the other, um, but a lot of our readers do, much to our... <laughs> right. I see a lot of the posts on Joystick are very hostile, I mean, from your from your readers. Yeah. But, uh, uh, as far as um, do we try and be smarter than our readers, I mean, we usually can't. Uh, we have an open comment system, so if we flub up anywhere, they're going to let us know. Uh, do we try not to? Sure. I mean, we don't intentionally make mistakes, but that's the nice thing about having a comment system. The nice thing about a blog is that, you know, we can, um, we can correct our mistakes immediately and, and update them immediately. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a relationship back and forth between what we write and what the people are reading and giving us feedback on. Very nice, very nice. Did I miss any, did I miss any parts no. of that? Uh, uh, well, I think it's safe to say that humor is a natural gift. And uh, Oh, <laughs> as far as being humor, it's fun to read. I mean, certain sites, I mean, uh, for example, the biggest complaint against Kotaku is that they're snarky. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of the Gawker Media thing. Um, I think it works well for their model, but... You know, we don't try and be snarky in every post, but if there's something funny to say about it, sure, why not? Sure, everyone likes to read something funny, and to inject humor into something is, uh, you know, I think that's welcome. Yeah, but yeah, it's a post-by-post -post basis. Some posts don't work with it, and they don't get it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump around here on these questions. Uh, PSO Vaz Hunter wants to know, uh, when do you think the price of the Nintendo DS Lite will go down, and by how much? 
man, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, it's just the thing's selling like hotcakes. I mean, it's still selling well in the in the states, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on fire. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it it's still difficult well. to find in in Tokyo. You still difficult to find one to even buy. So. Don't don't be counting on that DS Lite price drop anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what else? Uh, we got the Dark Horse says, uh, "Hey, I'm a new member and I love the show. Keep it up." I was wondering if you feel the same way that I do, which is that people have become too focused on graphics. I'd much rather play a simple 16-bit game with great innovative gameplay rather than a generic uh, first-person shooter that looks pretty. Uh, I I definitely you know agree, and that's why I've been spending a lot of time in the Xbox Live uh, arcade. I've been spending a lot of time playing Street Fighter, which I don't think is going to blow anybody away with its graphics, but in terms of uh, fun and gameplay and nostalgia, I think it's it's a winner. What do you think, guys? You think graphics is you know especially now. You know, PS3 is coming out, and it's so expensive, and it's it's all going to be about the graphics, and you know all the, every the whole next generation is going to be about the graphics, except for the Wii, except in the Nintendo camp, I guess. They have a totally different view on on, on this, I guess. Well, they're, isn't they're, the trick really to have both? I mean, those six, is, those sixteen-bit games when they were made weren't being made with graphics that aren't as good today to make a point. Right, that's the best they could do. That's the best they could do. I stand by that any company should make a game that looks and plays the best it possibly can. So, I don't know if it's really a matter of substituting one for the other. I think I don't think I should have to substitute one for the other. Why not have both? Well, I want both. That's what's or, worth my dollar. But look at Nintendo, like look at the DS, look at the DS, look at the Wii. I mean, graphics is is far from the focus you, on either of those. You can't say the graphics on the DS are bad. No, but they certainly they're better don't than any. They're with the, better the than DSP. any. They're better than well, they do and they don't. I think they compare in a different way. They're better than any other Game Boys ever looked. Well, well, okay. Have, have you Chris, played you anything to add on that? Mario Brothers? Yes, I have. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you don't know what you're talking about. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm retarded. What can <laughs> I tell you, Chris? I think. I think the I think the the graphical argument for this whole next generation is really unique. I mean, there's a whole framework where you could look at Sony pushing ridiculous graphics, um, Microsoft settling for really really awesome graphics. <laughs> don't care, and then Nintendo saying, you know, we're not going to bother. Um, and I think the thing that's funny, I, I, a lot of the people who kind of advocate the Wii philosophy of mm -hmm. gameplay over graphics um, are the first ones who tip us off when there's any kind of hubbub or rumor that, that the GameCube's going to be more graphically powerful than we anticipated. There's still this feeling in the fan community that Nintendo has a, some kind of ace up their sleeve graphically for the, for the Wii, which always yeah. struck me kind of counterintuitive. I mean, the reason that people like it is because that they're kind of shirking the pursuit of, you know, verisimilitude and really high-quality graphics and going with gameplay and kind of unique interfaces. Um, whereas Sony's going the exact opposite route, where they're really pushing graphics, and they're willing that, you know, hoping at least that you'll pay $600 for it. And, and I think it's, it's because they're just going after different audiences. I mean, Sony's going after sort of the, the not just the hardcore people, but... Maybe also the people who who play video games and you know they don't maybe don't know that much, but they they you know they're not reading Joystick or Kotaku, but they're 
you know, they like to play Madden, and they're going to buy a system, maybe just one. Uh, but Nintendo's going after the audience, people who haven't played video games in a long time or who have never played video games, maybe and maybe are looking for, you know, a, a party experience or, or a new experience, and the graphics just don't matter to those people. Well, here's where it gets interesting. If you're a game developer, what system do you want to release your game for? Do you want to release it for the system that's really appealing to a, a really wide audience who wants it for one or two or three games? I know or as a Or as a Blu-ray player? Or do you want to release it for a system that might not be as, you know, whatever, but is, is more targeted towards gamers and they're going to buy a lot more games? I mean, if you're a developer, you don't care if it's a cheap Blu-ray player. You care about how many copies of your game you're going to sell. Right. So the answer is they want to develop for the system that's got the biggest install base. Exactly. They're going to want That's exactly what I was about to say. They're or gonna, The one that or, has the most consoles in their households. A combination not- of that and the development cost. I mean, I think it's it's safe to say that the Wii is going to have the... A low development. The, a low development cost. So, you know, maybe if they don't have a, as big of an install base as, as the other two, maybe it makes it makes just as much sense uh, with those two factors together. I mean, my thing is it's not necessarily even install base. What if what if five million people, you know, just to be hyperbolic for a second, buy PS3s but intend to use them as Blu-ray players? You know, you're not selling any games there. True. Good point. Very good. Yeah, it's, it would be interesting to see that happen. Okay. Next question. Rajago asks, Cheapy, uh, are you planning on going to the Tokyo Game Show this year? Any specific games, publishers, companies, consoles you're looking forward to checking out? And he also wants to know what our favorite Street Fighter character is and why. Well, uh, I, yes, I am going to the Tokyo Game Show, and I know, Chris, you are going as well. Yep, yep. Um, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, you know what I'm, I'm really looking forward to? Gears Two of things. War? Not, well... He, broader than that. Last year, my, very funny, by the way. Thank you. Last year, Microsoft had the biggest presence in the show. They had a beautiful big booth, a lot of playable kiosks. Now that the, the, the 360 has been out for uh, almost a year in Japan, are they going to scale it back? Are they going to go for a similar presence? I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. And likewise, last year, the PS3 presence at the show was very minimal. I mean, it was basically this giant black booth, but they had nothing even close to interesting on the show floor. They were just showing uh, trailers. So I'm curious to see if this is going to be a big, a big battle, if, Sony, if Microsoft's going to back off, if Sony's going to step up. I'm assuming Sony's going to step up, but uh, it should be very interesting to see. What do you think, Chris? Um, yeah, I'm going to say um, I think Sony. I mean, I think there's a lot of... Uh, it's going to be, you know, just before the PS3 comes out in the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, Ken Kuduragi is giving the keynote, or one of the keynotes. Yep, the, and, um, the I think keynote. there's a lot of... Uh, I think uh, the Squaresoft CEO is also giving another keynote. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a lot of expectations on Sony, I think, to, you know, to do what they didn't do at, at, uh, at uh, E3. So I'm right. really hoping that they, that all the stuff that I was hoping showed up at E3, you know, downloadable movies for the PSP, stuff like that. I hope they really have that stuff uh, available on the show floor, playable, something. Will there be a <laughs> a Ridge Racer or massive damage faux pas at Tokyo Game Show? Definitely. People will find one. People will find no, a I way don't... to make one. I mean, the answer is no. 
No. And the reason is why, because the speech will be made in Japanese. <laughs> so nobody will understand. No one will be able to say giant enemy crabs. And, it, and it's just probably going to be him speaking. I don't think they're going to show... I don't know if they're going to actually show any games and stuff like that. Like, in terms of, like, the guy, actually, someone actually playing a game. Yeah. But, uh... Favorite speech... Go ahead. I still firmly believe there's going to be a Year of the Man Now dog the next morning with something from his keynote. Uh, something. <laughs> they'll make something up. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I remember the, the the speeches last year being a little dry, you know, less less showy than than mm -hmm. the uh, E3 speeches. So, eh, we'll see. Yes, we shall. Favorite Street Fighter character is E Honda, I think, but now I'm having some success with uh, Ryu. So, um, but I have to, for nostalgia purposes, I'm going to have to go with Honda. Chris, I, I know Womat hasn't even bought the game and actually just deleted the demo from his uh, I did. 360. Uh, I'm going to say the same for nostalgia purposes. I haven't had much luck with her in the last week. Um, uh, I've been doing a lot better with Ken. But uh, Chun-Li. Chun-Li, yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. She used to be my arcade favorite. We'll see. I'm going to okay. go with my old arcade favorite of Blanca. Okay. Kendall wants to know, I was wondering what games you're ready to put your money down on a la pre-order. I've just pre-ordered and paid for Dead Rising and Saints Row, and I'm considering plunking down some hard-earned cash for Just Cause, Final Fantasy III, Gears of War, to name a few. I really enjoy the show, and I'm promoting you to every person I know who has iTunes. So, uh, I pre-ordered Dead Rising from PlayAsia. I normally do not pre-order games because there's no incentive to do so in the case of Dead Rising and Play Asia they actually gave you like a two dollar or three dollar discount for the pre-order so that's why I did it um, and Saints Row I'm waiting to see if it looks like it's going to be region free so I'm predicting a for, another forty dollar game for me on that one what about you guys well I recently pre-ordered Dead Rising at uh, EB where they were having a get an extra 10% if you pre-order Dead Rising and the extra 10% for using my edge card mm -hmm. and I traded in a bunch of those GameCube games that I got on clearance at Toys R Us. Mm -hmm. They were $10 each for the games and I got $9.60 credit for them at uh at EB. Nicely done. So it you know in that case if they make it worth your while you'll, yeah. you'll do it i mean the games were weren't particularly fantastic that i traded in and i was kind of happy to to get the shelf space back so you know despite anything coming the flaws, up? you know i haven't pre-ordered anything yet i usually don't until i really know more about it i'd have to play a demo before i right. pre-order down chris are you a pre-order guy i absolutely refuse refuse so. <laughs> yeah it's um, interesting like uh you know, the, a couple of weeks ago when Lord of the Rings uh, Battle for Middle Earth 2 came out for 360, they had this pre-order promotion where you got the uh, the maps for free. You got three free maps that now you have to pay for if you didn't pre-order the game, which is something that I do not like to see. I've complained about that now three three cat casts in a row. And I know for I a fact that see. they didn't ship enough of them. And they couldn't even deliver on it. That's I mean, I could still see, I mean, that would make something like pre-ordering justifiable if, you know, it worked out that the EV Games or whoever were paying, you know, Microsoft or, or the publisher for those maps. So it was mm -hmm. something that they paid for as a, you know, promotion to get you in their store. Mm -hmm. The problem with most pre-orders is you're just giving a, you know, interest-free loan to a giant right. corporation. It <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, um, pretty much. So, okay. uh, so I'll pick a game that I... If I did pre-order, I would pre-order. I'm okay. really looking forward to uh, Contact for DS, Atlas Games. Oh, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, out in yeah, Japan that's... now. I've looked at that. I've seen it, but I, I know it's all Japanese. So, uh, 
I'm not uh, quite skilled yet. Very nice. Okay, so now here's a couple questions for for Chris. Uh, specifically, uh, Rajago asks, uh, let's see, how much do you hate Kotaku? Don't you just want to punch that pirate-faced, red-ass baboon Brian Crescente right in the face? <laughs> um, well, actually, I'll go on the record here saying that um, I've met Brian a couple times, and I have no problem with him. He's a really nice guy. I um, will I will second that. I met him at E3 this year for the first time, and he was a, a nice guy. He's he is a nice he guy. Does, he does look piratical. I, yes. I would agree with that. But, does uh, he have an eye patch? No, he's a nice guy. He doesn't, he doesn't but he's got like the long, he's got sort of longish hair. and. Uh, I would say he's swarthy. <laughs> swarthy. Does he have a but parrot? He, does he have a parrot? Not, he might, actually. We ah, might Kotaku! So how much do you hate Kotaku? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being mild dislike, 10 being complete and utter disdain, where do you rate Kotaku? Um, I guess to to support the perceived uh, uh, rivalry rivalry between the two sites, I'll say I hate them um, an eleven. An, an 11? eleven? Now, wow. are you just playing to the audience, or is that you know? No, I really, I really don't, I really don't mind Kotaku. I think the rivalry is almost more between you know our two our two parent corporations than it is between the two sites. Um, Interesting. You know, we both, you know, like I said. I don't really pay a lot of attention to what Kotaku is doing day to day, and you know we we do the same thing that we do every day, whether or not they're there, gotcha. um, or not. Gotcha. So okay. it's kind of an irrelevant. Who's the Beatles okay. and who's the Rolling Stones? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I never thought of that before. I'd say that we would probably be the Beatles and they would probably be the Rolling Stones because they're they go for the bad boy edge. Uh, ah, go. good, interesting. That's 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 good. That was a good question, Wombat. Oh, that's thanks. Nice. I wanted to add something to this week's show. A couple other questions for you, Chris, from, from Rajago. He wants to know, uh, will there be another run of T-shirts, either with old designs or new ones? Um, well, we're going to do another shirt next year. The black mm -hmm. shirts were limited edition, and we still have some available for giveaway. Okay. And, um, and the uh, orange ones we're going to be giving out at places like PAX. Mm -hmm. um, I bring them with me usually wherever I go. If there's going to be readers, I'll, if any of your listeners are going to be in Philly tomorrow, um, I'll be giving them away there uh, at the Rockstar Soft Serve event on South Street. Um, if you want, I can do a giveaway to one of your readers if you want to come up with some kind of way to pick somebody. Absolutely. We can uh, do... What can we do? Whoever posts... We'll do a random drawing based on who posts in this particular CADcast, CADcast thread. How about that? Go. Okay. Another question from him. Uh, isn't it great to have Epo, Epobiris around? Um... Indeed, definitely. He's uh, referring to your your commenter star with the commenter. most your star star commenter. Yeah, I mean, he's almost more or less been cut off at this point. Everything he writes would be star worthy, right? And it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. So he, his his burden to get more stars is so high at this point. Right, he has to come up with something simply mind blowing. I guess he has to he has to cure cancer or something. <laughs> he he posts a lot on CAG too, and yeah, every post is like gold basically. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and he I've talked to him. I've talked to him too, and uh, yeah, he's a nice guy, real smart as could be. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's clear from reading his posts. Uh, and also, he wants to know what are your favorite game-related blogs or websites. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, Joystick. I can pick. Um, I, I like this <laughs> blog called Joystick with yeah. a Q. They're really good. Hmm. Uh, there's this site called CAG, Cheap Ass Gamer. Yeah, that's really a good, good one. 
Um, I can pick the sites that I uh, that I chose for um, Entertainment Weekly listed us on their top 25 entertainment sites. Yes. And they had us pick three people. So every site that got picked. I noticed that. Sites. I noticed. I noticed there was a site missing from that list. Um, yeah, there was. Um, I had. Yeah, I was. Uh, I meant to. Uh, to. Uh, be it was my senseless. first choice. They said they couldn't put a bad word in the magazine. Yeah. That's right. That's what they said. I swear. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> I picked um, <laughs> I picked uh, I picked Game Politics, okay, um, which is a great blog done by Dennis McCauley. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked um, Game Videos, which is a new site by uh, Zip Davis. By Zip Davis. Hey, I like that too. Actually, it's, it's not a bad site. Yeah, it's it's like game trailers, but it's it's more linkable. It's embeddable in posts. It's a lot easier to get around. I mean, I've always had frustration with the way game videos is set up. Yeah, game uh, they, game they trailers, yeah. it's a little frustrating with that. Too much, sometimes. too much flash for their own good. I think. Yeah. So, uh, game video, I liked, and then I put a uh, Wikipedia, just because if you want to know anything about any video game system or game or whatever, it. you can find it there. I mean, I'm on Wikipedia a couple times a day at least. Very we, nice. Except we can't look up cheap ass gamer site. there. Right, they somebody made this really nice post about Cheap Ass Gamer and they deleted it. Really? Yeah. Put it back on. Fuck them. I don't need that. That's Wikipedia, <laughs> man. You put it back on. Uh, screw them. I got my own uh, wiki. I don't need that. Yeah. Mm. I got the CAG wiki. Because so many people are frequenting that site. Well, whatever. It's not like people are going to, like, it's going to bring a lot of traffic to Cheap Ass Gamer. It might. You know, it's not. Give me a break. I don't know. Okay. Mm hmm. Uh, I know we we probably surpassed the hour mark at this point, but yeah, a little there's bit. So many questions, that it's it's ridiculous. Well, you know, Freeze... there's more for next week then. Okay, well we'll do one or two more, and then two we'll, more. we'll call it a day. Uh, Freeze Dried seventy four wants to know: uh, Do you think if Nintendo and Sony offer their online services for free, that will put pressure on Microsoft to give its users live for free? Also, he also wants to. He also says we haven't had a Nutrisystem update from Wombat in a while. <laughs> Has Wombat thrown in the towel? Thanks for the show. Um, I don't know. You know, here's the problem. Even if Sony and and Nintendo have free uh, their online service for free, you know, many, you know, we've all paid already for this for Xbox Live. We've already, you know, I'm already paid up for next through a, for a year. So what can they do? Then certainly not going to be refunding any money. I. I don't know. I don't. I don't see them offering it for free. Really, I can see them maybe bundling it in with something, but I don't know. It, it's a. It's a. It's a. It would be a very weird situation for them. What do you guys? I think? mean, I. I have a couple ideas on it. Uh, thought number one is that you know we've been guessing for a while that Microsoft's planning, um, or at least considering some kind of ad-supported Xbox right, Live. Right. Right. Uh, they bought Massive, which is a you know. Ad distribution network. Um, ah, you have the answer, my friend. That is the answer. So that makes a lot more sense. You know, while you're loading up, you know, the loading screen for a multiplayer game of Halo has a Pepsi logo in the corner. You know, so you have yes, 30 seconds of straight Pepsi ad right at your face, right while you're waiting for matchmaking to happen. Done. Yep. Free. Um, now, the other thing is, is it's a value proposition. We all know that Xbox Live works really well. Um, we know that Nintendo's Wii uh, system is going to be similar to the DS with friends codes, which, which is brutal. Suck. Um, and who knows what Sony's doing, but uh, everybody has a pretty hard time. But I think they're using GameSpy uh, for part of it, but everybody has a pretty hard time believing that they're going to implement something on the scale of Xbox Live on their first I, try. I agree. Yeah. So um, if Microsoft's still offering the better service, sure, they're going to ask you to you know, pay for it. I like your answer very much. In fact, I'm going to take it uh, a little half a step further and say that if the pressure is put on them, 
they will have two versions of Xbox Live, the ad-supported and the pay version. You mean three? Still silver service. No, but the silver the silver one is not really. I mean, you can they download. would drop silver, I assume. Yeah, they would drop silver. Drop silver for ad-supported? Yeah. Because silver, you can't play online, right? It's no, just... you can't. But you can still download live games and play demos. Okay, well, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Nothing wrong okay. with that. Uh, Wombat Nutrisystem update. Nutrisystem update. Uh, my one month on the Nutrisystem anniversary would be about this Saturday. Really? Already? Yep. Already been a month, and to date, I've lost ten pounds. You're kidding? No. Congratulations! I, I will do. I pounds. figure I would do updates about every ten every month. Once a month, I'll do an update. I've lost ten wow. pounds. My new shipment came in yesterday. The new Nutrisystem shipment. They ship it uh-huh. every month. It's pretty scary, actually, because you don't need to refrigerate the food. It just kind of stays. Okay. But it doesn't taste as bad as I really thought it would be, having done it for a month. Some things are really good. You know, the breakfasts are granola bars and dry cereal, so how do you really screw that up? Right. Like frosted mini-wheats or frosted mini-wheats. Right. If it has sugar on it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And the desserts also like the same thing. Little mini chocolate chip cookies and uh, nacho cheese-flavored soy puffs. They're good. (laughs) They're going to taste good. It doesn't matter. Right. It has cheese on it. Exactly. And the dinners are mixed. Some dinners are really good and some dinners are kind of scary. But uh, the meat's all like processed hockey pucks. Right. But – all in all, I would probably give it, I'd say, like a 75 out of 100. It's not bad. Very nice. Okay, one last question for Chris, and then we'll call it a show. All right. Uh, Freedom Freedrum wants to know, this is a tricky question for you, Chris. I hope, you, hope you're up to the challenge. Why do you think Kotaku is a better site than Joystick, and why do you think Joystick is a better site than Kotaku? Could you please explain the difference between your two sites? I can't tell the difference. Um, why do I think Kotaku is a better site than Joystick? I guess what he's trying to ask is, what do I think Kotaku does better than Yeah, Joystick? I think that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that there's certain things about their layout that I like more. Okay. Um, simpler, maybe a simpler layout? Yeah, yeah. Less links? Uh, yeah, I definitely have uh, some umbrage with, with the Joystick layout. Um, so that's something I think that they do better. Um, I do think that their site's a lot uglier. <laughs> color, uh, you mean the colors? You're not you know, a fan of the I think color the, scheme? The tech layout is better, but yeah, it's it's uh, so uh, something I think joystick does better. Okay. Um, I like, for example, uh, the fact that our page is a lot longer. We have a lot more posts on each page than. They okay. Do. Um, I like our name a lot more. I think okay. Name is pretty good. Um, these are superficial things, really, because well, I don't okay. start a a war. But um, and um. Hmm, let me see. I, I like our story selection more in general. Uh, I think we cover a lot of the same stuff, but I think you know we'll cover things differently than they do. Um, uh, do you think that's the biggest difference between the two sides? Is the way that you cover the stories? I think definitely. Yeah. If you had to, you know, examine the two. I mean, Kotaku's changed a lot in the past month um, or two. How so? Um, their post count's gone way up. They've added new writers and they're see, producing a lot more content. But mm-hmm. um. You know, so the the general complaint against Kotaku would be things like they post too much, you know, trivial things like like YouTube videos or um, you know Mario blankets stuff like that. Um, and but I then again, there's a, there's a there's a place for that, and like you I, were saying before, you know, that's sort of the the value that your two sites bring to the to the gaming journalism sphere mm-hmm. is that you'll go after these maybe smaller items that'll just fall through the cracks and won't make it to a to like a game spot yeah i'm totally not above posting a picture of a cake with sonic on it um 
I think yeah, the why not? complaint against Kotaku is usually a question of quantity, you know, how often they do it. I see. Um, but that said, you know, like I said, I really don't have a huge problem with, with what Kotaku does. It, there's an audience for it. Uh, I think some people like the way that they cover things, and that's fine. There's plenty of room uh, for two game there's blogs. I mean, so. if you look at how quickly both of us are growing, I mean, it's pretty clear that there's an audience for everybody. There's definitely yes. enough room for both of you guys, but only room for one cheap-ass gamer. That's right. We have we we crush our competition like insects. Like, yes. you remember VG Talk? Never heard of them. Exactly. <laughs> Point well made. I think that about wraps it up for Cadcast number forty. I want to thank if anyone's awake. Well, I think they're awake. I think this was a, a banner show. Uh, I want to thank uh, Christopher Grant, managing editor of Joystick. Great job, Chris. Yeah, excellent. I'm looking very uh, much to seeing you next month. Yeah, so soon. We're going to have a blast, I feel. I feel that uh, there'll be a lot of drinking involved. Are you going to go to Denny's? Any what? <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Japanese Denny's. Japanese, um, we can go, Japanese Denny's sucks. As long as it's as cheap as the American one, because I'm buying that trip. So it's <laughs> There you go. Now, we'll go out for, we're going to go out for some good food. It'll, it'll, I can, uh, you know. It's easy for me to do a business expense. But anyway, looking forward to seeing you and Vlad next month. Uh, thanks again. And with everyone else, we'll see you next week. Adios. You better get ready for the most challenging Nintendo system ever. Ready? Let's do it. The new Power Pad. It's only available in Nintendo's new Power Set. Now you're playing with body power. You've got to run, jump, faster, higher. The Nintendo Power Pad puts you in total control. You are the game. You are the power. Now you're playing with power, body power. You get the Power Pad, Control Deck, Zapper, and three games only in Nintendo's exciting new Power Set. Mr. Ed, let's not get all familiar on the first day. Well, you're not supposed to say Mr. Ed. That's you. Oh. Let's not get all familiar on the first day. Is this Dakota? This is Mr. Pope. Don't act like you don't know who I am. I'm Amanda Father. Don't give me any of these. Is this Dakota? This is Mr. Pope. Don't act like you don't know who I am. I'm Amanda's father. Don't give me any of that nice to meet you crap. Trust me, if we meet, it ain't gonna be nice.